Waves tossed and jolted her body, the water dimmer, duller, murkier with each foot she went. Sixty feet down, the light was that of an autumn's half-moon, and down there, for the first time, she moved her arms from her sides, doing handstands underwater, feeling for the familiar. Oysters, sea urchin, scallops, lobster, seaweed abalone, mollusk. Sometimes, down there at the bottom of the sea, the hollow cracking of the pick against the rock, the hollow scraping, was sometimes answered very close by. The first time she had heard it, she thought it was an echo, but what she had thought were echoes continued, and when she had turned to her right, there was another diver dislodging an oyster, only an arm's length away. This day, she chipped and pried at an oyster shell with her metal J-shaped pick, and after only a few chops, it was loose and in her hand. Arching her back, she pushed her feet off the rocks, the same pace as going down, arms at her sides. The water lightened the farther she went. Halfway up, the silhouette of her tub appeared. Up, up until she popped out of the water, waist high, settled back, dropped the oyster into the tub. Both arms at the elbows hooked the tub. She wheezed, gasped, hoarse gasping, her lungs battling each other. The spring winds were strong. The sea clouds had made their way to and dissipated over Honshu. The top of the sea was so much warmer than the bottom. Nothing like a mountain. Sixty feet up, a mountain makes little difference in the temperature. Not the sea. Going down is like autumn into winter. Winter into autumn back up, but the thaw is very slow. Her lungs cleared, her breathing no longer scratchy. She let out a long whistle, released the tub, gave it a shove off in the direction of the sun, and went back into the sea. For the final time on that day, A day where she had done more than fifty dives, she headed back up, a lobster in her vice-like grip. She surfaced, wheezing, the taut air squeezed out of her lungs to her throat, then through her chattering teeth. She showed Kenichi her lobster, barely able to hold it out of the water, knowing that he was thrilled because, as always, she shared it with him but lunch wasn't on her mind. She was so cold that she couldn't even climb into the boat, so tired that she couldn't even drop the lobster into her tub. The cold and exhaustion fed off each other. With his net, Kenichi scooped the catch from her limp, rubbery arm, dropped it into the tub, again stretched out the long fishing net. This time, her empty hands took it. He pulled lifted her onto the two-step ladder and into the boat. The sun was almost directly overhead, and although it was well into the eighties, she would not get anywhere near warm for at least a few hours. Some days, not at all. In the first couple of months of the diving season, she and the other divers balanced on the edge of hypothermia. The boat closed in on the west shore of Shoto Island, Kenichi was jabbering something. 
the glare of the sun off the sea blinding. Buyers gathered on the dock, ready to purchase the catch. None of it did she notice, just knew it, for every day was the same. Her glassy gaze was distant, far out there somewhere beyond the blue-on-blue horizon. Kenichi moored the boat to the cement dock, flung a cigarette stub into the water, helped her out, set her catch next to her, which some of the buyers were already checking over. Come on, let's get to the diver's hut before you become stiff enough for me to tie the boat to. He said that nearly every day, and, as if the words were magic, she found herself taking hold of his arm as he led her over to the diver's hut. On the way, she stopped, lowered herself onto the dock, her legs knotted in cramps.